0: We get hundreds of questions a month on resumes, and it's an important part of your story. In fact, a resume is a one-page story of who you are, what you've done, how you've done it, and how you've succeeded in the process. What we find is that most people are too close to their story to see what a reviewer will see, which is that you need to check a number of boxes, both for professionalism and also for experience. We'd love to take a look at your resume, but before you send it to us, listen to this very short episode so that you can make sure that you understand exactly what you need for your resume. What are three secrets that will make your resume stand out in a pile of other resumes? I'm really excited today to talk through the three resume secrets that we see over and over again when we're developing resumes for some of the most competitive firms in the world, such as McKinsey, Bain, and Google. As we do this, we're thinking about three core parts of the resume, and I'll walk through each one of them with you. The three core pieces are the structure of your resume, the format of your resume, and the wording of of each individual bullet. But before I get into the details, let me just give you a little context into how resumes are reviewed inside a lot of different organizations. First of all, there are three kinds of application reviews. And if you know which type you're going through, you know what you have to do to your resume specifically to make it work. First of all, you could go through a computer screen. A computer screen matches keywords from the position to keywords that are on your resume. For example, SPSS or Python. First, the AI scans your resume, second, it denies or schedules and sets up a screening call with somebody in the recruiting department, and third, if you pass that screening, you're scheduled for an interview. The second type of resume review is a recruiter screen. The recruiter screen is a skills-based review where they're looking for not a specific skill but a type of skill such as analytical skills or data analysis skills. First, the recruiter scans your resume, then the recruiter denies or sets up your screening call in the same way that AI does, but just in a more manual process. And then third, they schedule an interview if you pass that screening call. The third type of review is called a professional review, otherwise known as a panel review. And this is the type that's used in many top consulting firms like McKinsey, Bain, and Boston Consulting Group. It is an evaluation of your potential, your leadership skills, rather than your analytical skills or your math skills or your coding skills. They're looking for a couple of key things, and to do this, they break it up into a set process. First, your resume is individually ranked by everyone on the panel. Second, HR takes the rankings and puts them into three categories, and then they submit those categories in a large panel review to everyone to discuss. Then, finally, the people that are selected in the panel review go to an interview. Now let's double click on the professional review because it's helpful to understand what the three categories are. Our goal is to try to get you a resume that would make it into the top category of a professional review, the most challenging kind of review for any firm anywhere in the world. First of all, the A-list. About 10% of people inside any pool of applicants will go into the A-list. These are people that are recommended for an interview without discussion. They are the universally high-ranking candidates, People that are on the pro list, the ones that have a referral in from one to three people inside the company, pre-selected candidates that have often gone through diversity recruiting channels, and partner networking, partners being the people that are the most senior in the firm. So if it's not a partnership structure like a law firm or like an accounting firm or like a consulting firm, it would be vice presidents or somebody that's senior on the team. The abyss is the 50% of people that are never looked at at all. Out of the ranking, the low-ranking candidates fall onto this list, as well as people who poorly networked in the process. So if you reached out to 25 people, no one enjoyed talking to you or you were belligerent, that's how you would get onto that kind of list. The discussion pile is the remaining approximately 40% of candidates. These are the medium ranking candidates, the ones that didn't have a universal top score, and those that were rescued from the abyss pile. Maybe you had a single conversation with one person on the team and they liked you and they wanted to take a look at you inside the larger group. Out of the A-list and the discussion pile, the selection for who will interview will come. Now, how do you develop a resume that gets you not just past a computer screen and not just past a recruiter screen, but all the way through to one of these professional review panel screens? Really, you have to make it through the top 10% or at the most 20% of all resumes to be considered for an interview. So back to the three elements of a great resume. First is structure, second is format, and third is wording, and I'm going to go through each one of those really briefly. First of all, the structure. Your structure needs to be simple and yet complex enough to answer all of the questions of the reviewer immediately in only one page. The heading should contain your name and contact information. About 25% of your resume should be your education. About 40% should be your work experience, which doesn't always have to be paid, but does need to be professional in nature. And the remaining 20% should be your leadership experience. Finally, at the bottom of your resume should be personal experience, which includes your interests, languages that you speak, and other things such as technical skills. If you have the right balance for the structure of your resume, you're off to a great start. Now, the formatting of your resume also has to be professional. It's an easy DQ if you don't follow all of the resume formatting rules. So I'm just going to run through a couple of the mistakes that we see most commonly. First of all, if your font is unprofessional or inconsistent, we strongly prefer serif fonts such as Times New Roman or Palatino. And some of these are really great at just defining super clearly who you are and making your resume have a professional look. If your font is too small, you're automatically discarded, it's hard to read. A 10-point font is the standard size that we use. If your margins are too large, it looks like you didn't do enough, so we actually set all of our margins to 0.5 inches. If the space is not delineated well, if you use underlines that are not box underlines but rather are pasted lines across the page, they often are uneven or inconsistent, you should make sure also that your resume is single-spaced with at least Five points of font between each one of your entries, and that makes sure that your space is clearly laid out and equal. And then finally, tables mess up your formatting, so you should use tabs not tables inside your resume. And a bonus hint, no color, only black and white resumes. The third thing, which is where we spend almost all of our time when we're editing resumes, once we've developed the right structure, and once we've established the great format for the resume, is to establish what you actually did in each of your roles. And for that, we look at the wording of each individual bullet point. Now, every line should be CAR with context, actions, and results. This means that most of the bullet points on your resume will be one to a maximum of two lines. There will be three to five bullet points on average underneath each one of your entries, and each one of the lines will have quantification. So there will be a number, an actual numerical number, in every line on the resume. If you don't have a number, it won't be interesting for somebody to read and they're going to skip it and ignore it. In fact, try it on someone else's resume. You'll be shocked at what you see. In summary, if you can successfully navigate not making structure errors, not making formatting errors, and making great choices when you're explaining what the wording that you need to on your resume, you're going to be in incredible condition to put your resume in front of the top reviewers at the top firms in the world. And if you need help with that, we're here at Management Consulted to edit your resume, and we even give free reviews to let you know whether you need an edit or not. Please reach out for more information. Thanks so much for listening to this episode on resumes. This is a great primer if you're preparing a consulting resume for some of the most competitive jobs in the world, but also if you're applying for tech jobs, product management jobs, or other top jobs. We would love to help you with your resume process, and you can reach out to us team at for a free resume review. In addition, you can check on some of the links that are in the show notes for great resources on resumes. And as always, if you liked this episode, please review it and share it with friends. Thanks for joining.